Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Beyond the Dais, a podcast about the stories taking place in and around El Paso County, Colorado. I'm your host, Scott Anderson, and today I have the honor of being joined by another Scott. This is Scott Marble, the Chief Development Officer for the Colorado Springs Conservatory. How are you doing today, Scott? I am well, Scott. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Great. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, before we get started, I want to quickly add that if listeners are interested in more stories about people doing good in and around El Paso County or hearing from county leadership about local government priorities and how they operate, you can find additional episodes of this podcast on your podcast platform of choice. All right, Scott. Time to get down to business. Uh, Can you share a bit of background about yourself uh, and uh, how you came to be associated with the Colorado Springs Conservatory? Sure. I uh, actually grew up in New Hampshire, so I'm a bit away from home, but I am one of those people that uh, married someone who used to grow up in Colorado Springs. So I'm part of that circle of people that we decided (laughs) to move back to Colorado Springs. I uh, met my wife, Holly, when we were both professional ballet dancers for a company in Las Vegas. I uh, took a little road trip after getting my uh, college degree in hospitality, stumbled into the arts, found that I had natural facilities I did not know existed. So I had the great good fortune and a dream that a lot of people don't have of actually working professionally for uh, 11 years in in three repertory ballet companies. At the time uh, I left the stage, got back into hospitality. And when Holly decided it was time to leave the stage too, we thought, Let's move back to Colorado Springs because it's beautiful. And (laughs) we knew there were uh, a great hospitality environment as well as she had teaching experience with local studios. So I actually came back into the city uh, to work at Cheyenne Mountain Resort for 16 years, number of roles there. when I left there, I was the director of rooms, went over to the Garden of the Gods Resort and Club for five years, served as resort manager there. And at that point, uh, I was about 25 years into that business. I uh, had spent four years in Las Vegas at the Mirage. And that's a that's a 24-7 world when you're in hotel operations. It absolutely is. <laughs> um, I also joke with people that it is also a performance art. Anybody that's in customer service, I believe, is a performing artist. Uh, there is a dynamic in every, every room, every situation. And so those two careers paralleled for me a lot, but I was in a position where I needed to take a pause. Mm -hmm. And so I did and took a little bit of time to reflect and was realizing that I would like to get back into some sort of the art world. I had been away from the direct uh, contact with that. My wife still continues to teach classical ballet. So that's still been part of our family. Um, I did know of the conservatory because in those hotels, there were very often I was helping young performers bring in their drums and instruments as they were playing <laughs> uh, for various functions at mm-hmm. either one of the resorts. And, and I knew the founder, Linda Weiss. And so at the time when I was looking, uh, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, Heather Steinman, was the COO of the organization. She moved over to United Way, so there was a position here. Um, so I basically followed in her her very big footsteps, but uh, started as the, the COO. As many people know, Linda transitioned to take on a larger project with the Colorado Springs Community Cultural Collective. So I served as interim CEO for a year and then helped in the search for our current CEO, Nathan Halverson, who is now uh, directing the organization. So it's it's been a great ride. In the three and a half years I've been here, I've worn many hats. Um, I will attribute a lot of that to being a performer on stage and covering a lot of different parts, as well as being in large organizations where they're like, hey, we think you should be doing this because we need someone to fill that <laughs> in. And uh, 
for anybody listening, I will tell you that uh, an education in working in the performing arts is a great on-the-job training for just about anything else you might do. <laughs> so that's that's how I got to be at the conservatory, and it's it's been a great uh, reunion back with the arts, but also an interesting way to blend what I've learned from the business community and then applying some things back into the nonprofit world, which has been a whole other learning curve for me. It's a, it's, it's 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 hard work. It's good work, but it it has a whole different dynamic. Yeah. No. I and out of all of that, thank you for the the history. That's actually really fascinating. And uh, I also uh, spent time in Las Vegas. Ah. I, I worked at MGM Resorts for okay. for about five years, and so I appreciate the twenty four seven lifestyle that they have over there. Shout out to our hospitality uh, friends. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Oh man, I, I worked in the communications, so it was a little bit easier for me. But yeah, uh, yeah no, uh, definitely plenty of work to be done uh, there in Las Vegas. But uh, also have found myself here in Colorado Springs. So very cool. Uh, so can you share some background then, specifically about the conservatory sure. and uh, what the main mission of the organization is? The conservatory is coming into its uh, 30th year, actually, in 2024. So we're very excited to be celebrating that. Uh, it really was and continues to be the, the, the brainchild of our founder, Linda Weiss. Uh, she had a vision for creating conservatory, a school, uh, a place where students that really felt like they wanted a performing arts career or wanted to learn more could, could come. And it was originally started very small as most organizations are in someone's basement or living room, and then it, it continued to grow to where it has become the size that it is now. And really, it's the broadest uh, performing arts organization in, in the city, I would say, in terms of the genres, particularly in music and theater that we do. Um, it's usually get one or the other, mm -hmm. or something is more classical, or something is uh, focused more chorally or theatrically. And we, uh, we kind of cross all of that. And then recognize that, okay, this is an area, we, because we really want to be a place of discovery. I mean, it really is. Our, our goal is to be, you know, the premier multidisciplinary arts organization in the Pikes Peak region. And what we're really trying to do is to help kids find their voices. We're not sure where those voices are or what they are going to say, mm -hmm. but we want to create that space that allows everybody, if you want to be an actor, if you think you want to be a singer, if you want to learn how to play jazz guitar, if you want to be a really great pianist, um, this is the place to discover that. And you can do it all in one roof, under yeah. one roof, because we're not just strictly a piano school or just a choral society. So, And then we have contacts, of course, throughout the city with those organizations that are perhaps a bit more specialized so we can be like, hey, we're really good at this, but if you really think this is the one thing you want and you found what that voice is, yeah. And maybe you need to look here mm -hmm. or how can we coordinate with that and still allow you to discover what it is you want? Because, you know, with kids, I want to be, <laughs> yeah. I want to be X at, you know, I'm going to be this when I'm age nine, but by the time I'm 11, I've dropped that and I'm on to the next thing. Yeah. So the beautiful thing about here is maybe somebody's come in thinking, oh, I want to learn how to play the piano. Mm -hmm. But I made friends with Scott over here, who's a really cool drummer and I like what he's doing. And mm -hmm. then he's got some friends that are playing. So from a from a parental side of planning things, we can be like, hey, we have all those things under one roof. Yeah. And 
that's really what it was designed to be, was this place of discovery, because they are all intertwined. You know, you're a better pianist if you understand percussion. Yeah, and that vice is very versa. true. Yeah. And you're a better <laughs> percussionist if you realize, oh, yeah, there's somebody singing with me, so I can't just drown them out with... <laughs> right, can't, can't overpower. Yeah, so it's, <laughs> it's, it's really, as the arts do, it's, it's a place to understand the world of collaboration and cooperation. Mm-hmm. And... You know, in, in today's society, I think that's a very important thing. We've, as a society, people have become much more opinionated. And sometimes there isn't that, hey, there's there's really a great harmony in the middle of all this. Mm-hmm. And how do we work that? And also teaching kids that, hey, sometimes you're going to be the thing, but sometimes you're going to be part of an ensemble. A lot of it's like sports. Yeah, yeah you absolutely. Know, the performing arts is a team sport as well. So I just like to kind of, make that a point, but really our, our main goal is just to be a place where every child feels comfortable coming in and exploring and finding a way to express themselves. Mm-hmm. And we're just here to nurture that and make sure it grows. Yeah, uh, that's great. So approximately how many students do you have here at the conservatory and what, what areas do you serve? Is it all of Colorado Springs, all of El Paso County, or do you even extend beyond that? It's a l- Primarily Colorado Springs, we do serve, obviously, the county because of where Colorado Springs sits. Uh, the school itself, if you were to look at specifically enrollment, you know, we're about 200 students in our what we call our principal program, more the, the more traditional after-school program. Uh, but then we run things through the summer. That was over 300 students this summer. Uh, the bigger piece that we really focus on and touches into that partnership is are, are the partner programs that we have with area school districts. So we have a longstanding relationship with Harrison School District 2. Uh, we are currently in every fourth grade class in D2, uh, wrapping up that semester program. Next week, we'll go back to all of those fourth grade classes in uh, the spring with a different curriculum, but that's over a thousand students just in that one program alone. Uh, We've expanded that, and that, as everything, has morphed over the time, especially uh, figuring out what works for both organizations after the pandemic and Mm -hmm. a shortage of bus drivers and time of day and where can we help. Uh, We've got a Another relationship with uh, Community Partnership for Childhood Development. A lot of people know CPCD and Mm -hmm, Head Start and Early Head Start. I've had various iterations with them. Uh, We will be returning uh, with them in the spring. So they'll have some more classes here. D11 we've worked with. Uh, Matter of fact, this Thursday, a number of their theater students will be here. They are in preparation for Thescon, which is up in Denver uh, in December. So this coming Thursday becomes a chance to sort of get some extra classes, but also present the work that you're going to present up in Denver to an objective audience and get some critique, sort of a last polish before you go. And you know, if your teacher tells you one thing, you can, you listen, but then when another <laughs> teacher tells you the same thing, somehow it makes more sense. Or kind, it has kind of like di- parenting kind too, of like, right? Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> that different voice saying the same thing, but that's another, uh, a great relationship we've had. we, have worked with uh, Fountain Fort Carson in that school district. Uh, we have a great program called a Positive Note, which serves young adults and students with uh, with learning challenges. So mm-hmm. those are Saturday morning classes, and that's for a lot of people. That's just like the gem of the school because there is talk about discovery and finding your voices for kids that literally didn't know they had a voice, yeah. or their voice is a little different than what you might think it is traditionally right and 
with last uh, the last two productions we've had or the concerts we've had, it, it's been fantastic. Watch those kids on stage. <laughs> that's yeah. great. That's yeah, great. That's great. Um, can you talk about how important it is for people to understand not just that you guys are here and available, but that they can turn to you in their time of need? Now, usually when I ask this question, people associate need with uh, food mm-hmm. or shelter, but people need a lot more than just that. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, everybody needs the arts in their lives. And without realizing it, they are tapping into it or using them or enjoying them. <laughs> Well, with so much screen time, yeah. <laughs> we just talked about that. Uh, you know, it's all performance art. You mm-hmm. get in your car, you turn on the radio, either to get jazzed up to go to work or to unwind on your way home, or it's the soundtrack to your road trip or work. Uh, you get home, what do you do? It's like, what am I streaming? I'm really into this series on Netflix, or I'm watching Ken Burns on PBS. There's so many different ways that you that everybody engages with them. So when people say, oh yeah, we don't really need the arts because you know that's that's just the Philharmonic or the ballet. And I happen to love all those classics, but I'm also like, no, it's like, do you not go to the theater? Do you, even if you don't go to the theater, everybody that's in a movie was trained to be a theatrical actor. Right. So the training came from somewhere. <laughs> and I would say, you know, back to the need, we all need those. And I think there were moments where parents need to help their kids. Be that, okay, I recognize that like, that was me uh, when I, my mom was like, you're kind of klutzy. So we put you in a dance class. Like you <laughs> needed help with that. Uh, but at the same point, some child's like, no, I need to know more about this thing called songwriting or, mm-hmm. uh, okay, the piano's my thing. And I need to know, it's really about, I need to know more for the child. And at the same point, we, we serve a need with that, especially now, with the self-expression, mm-hmm. you know, our, our link into the realm of mental health really is listening to the voice in you being in a space where you can feel vulnerable enough to share that or understand that I'm watching someone else go through something as they're performing a song in studio class, or if they've written a lyric that seems a little heavy, but at the same point, it's like, Hey, you, you, you suffered the loss of a, of a friend. We just had a, a singer-songwriter showcase a couple weeks ago on a Friday night downstairs here, and there was a young performer that was processing the death of a friend who had taken their own lives, and this person's a senior in high school. So those things are, are out in our world, and if this is the avenue that provides a way to express that, to process through that, to have people listen and accept that, and help you with that mm-hmm. um, in what might be considered a more approachable way than pure clinical study, so to speak. Right. Um, and then on top of it, again, we it's a, it's a community. Yeah, There are all these people around you, especially in, I don't think I've ever seen it as much as I've seen it in the performing arts world. It's like, it's really a community of support and of embracing everybody. And I think that's another thing that we do that, when people say, you know, what's the need? It's like, well, people need to understand other people yeah. and different walks of lives. And because we're, you know, we're centered downtown, we're not in a specific district. We have a mixing of various school districts and different socioeconomic uh, statuses, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, but so what? Yeah, It's like, everybody's here. We're all working together to do this. And 
there's also moments, particularly in studio classes, where we're trying to teach kids, okay, here's how you can be kind in your critique. You need to be, we're trying to train you to, to recognize what needs to be critiqued. But then as you critique it, here's how you should be framing it. Because mm-hmm. let's, already, let's start teaching empathy now. <laughs> Would you like to be the person at the piano and have somebody say that to you when they, when you know you didn't maybe do your best? But right. so there's a little bit of we, we want to be excellent, but we also understand everything's a process. And again, going back to how the arts just continually inform your own professional life, you know, there there are moments that are uncomfortable. I mean, it was just in a meeting or at a presentation with the, the CEO of the chamber with. Uh, John Rita Claymire saying, you know, it, yeah, it's uncomfortable. Trying to shift the, an organization is uncomfortable, but you yeah. learn to be uncomfortable as you're exploring things in the performing arts world. Yeah. It's like, okay, this like the song's not working for me, or <laughs> I can't get that step right, or I need to work harder on that. And I think that's really where the beginning of all that is, is if you're taught that at an age, that it's just part of the process of life because there are days I'm uncomfortable with my job. Like, I wish it were easier. I thought by now I'd have it. Right. It's like, no, you don't. <laughs> and come back again tomorrow. So that's, I, you know, that was kind of a long answer to what needs do we serve. But I, I think we're for, we're when people need to discover yeah. and to express. Yeah. Uh, there's something you mentioned that I kind of want to touch on a little bit more there. Like, why do you think it's, or what do you think it is about performing arts that allows someone to express themselves in a way other than just words. Now, of course, words can be a component of mm-hmm. it, like in songwriting, yeah. you know, you mentioned. But what is it about this thing called the performing arts that really allows for that expression that is necessary? It takes some people time to find it and for other people it, it comes naturally. I think what it really does is it allows you to look inward and to recognize that this is my way of expressing it and it can be my way alone. It doesn't necessarily have to fit into a specific realm. I mean, uh, as a personal example, I had a career in, in classical ballet. You don't speak, and everything is movement. So you know, you talk to dancers, and everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, you love to be on stage, and you're so powerful, and it's so beautiful the way you move, and it's like you're up there and next to nothing, and you're just, you know, you're confident." You ask a lot of dancers to speak, and they're like, "Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> there is no way I'm stepping in front of them. No, no, I move." Right. I, I, you know, and vice versa, somebody that's very confident as a singer, but they're like, oh no, if there's not something to say, or I'm supposed to improv this, there's, I I can't do that. Mm -hmm. So it's allowing people to discover that. And it's quite liberating. That's, I think that's really the most important part of it is to be able to feel it and to let yourself feel all of it. I mean, surely Everyone can remember sitting and either watching a movie, reading a book, being in the theater, and just being so moved by something that for some reason you're just crying. Mm-hmm. The tears just come. I mean, you know, happy, sad, whatever, or being overwhelmed by the power of it all. And you, to be able to find those emotions that deep mm-hmm. and then to be free enough 
to let yourself feel them is what rounds us out as people. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, you know, you've, you're a storyteller. It's like if, you, if people are telling stories, then you're going to understand a different perspective or you're going, it's just going to build your empathy yeah. and understand. It's like, wow, no idea. And the fact that I'm hearing this story that I don't even know this person and I moved in this way, it, it's, it's just amazing. And it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's a difficult thing to replicate mm-hmm, mm-hmm. despite the fact that we have all these examples of great art and work yeah. and wonder that are out there. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it's a really difficult thing to repli- replicate. So um, the fact that it does have the ability to happen frequently right. is really incredible. And again, I think one of the reasons why performing art is so integral to who we are as just humans um, because we crave that. We want that. Yeah. I mean, people seek it out, right? I mean, right. you mentioned yourself, you know, what are people doing when they're not at their job? They're watching Netflix. They're listening to music. They're doing all these things that allow them to connect to um, that ability to feel that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I, very much understand where you're coming from. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I appreciate it. Well, and it's interesting because as you mature in that world, you know, we all strive for perfection and you're like, well, okay, but don't let perfection get in the way of progress or, or right. the moment. And that's where you realize it's like, hmm, thought I was going to do it this way, but it came out that way. Mm-hmm. And cause that's what it was supposed to be in the moment. Right. You know, if you can kind of surrender to that because, okay, I thought I was going to do this and me, and I've even done that in some public speaking things like, well, I had kind of thought I was going to do this, but somehow the energy (laughs) in the room took me there and it was good. It was fine. Yeah. But you do then understand that give and take of being in the moment and recognizing that, okay, I, I, I can sense. And really being in the moment and being aware of energies and reactions is also another part of just being a great human being Mm -hmm. to understand, Oh, in this moment, shouldn't tell that joke. Um, or I need to be, I need to listen more. Like I'm speaking too much because that person across from me, I can tell wants to share something else. So I'm just, again, those are skills that you learn as you listen and observe and others allow you to express as well. Yeah. That's, that's really great. Thank you. So after submitting your grant request to the County, the Colorado Springs Conservatory was awarded $25,000 mm-hmm. of ARPA funding. Uh, can you talk about what specifically that money has gone to fund? Sure. That was just a great gift because uh, in the course of a fiscal year, we give close to, if not more than, $100,000 in scholarships every year. So right there, that $25,000 was a quarter of the funding that we would be seeking, and it assisted close to 20 students through wow. the course of the, uh, the the two semesters, shall we say, of the, of the more uh, traditional fall and spring semesters. And we do, uh, we do some merit scholarship, but we do quite a bit in need. And we're really of the opinion, part of the, part of the reasons we love going into the school districts is because we discover those kids that really need to be here. Back to your need question. <laughs> you just know that child needs to be here or needs to have the opportunity to dive deeper. Mm-hmm. And given their situation, you know, that's just not going to happen. Yeah. So 
we've been able to offer people, you know, and typically with scholarships, it's never a hundred percent or full ride. The families always have uh, some investment in we, but we're very open with that in terms of you pay us what you think you can pay and then we'll find the rest. I mean, there have been times we've come up short with it and we've just written it off at the end of the year because it means that much to us that those students are here and we recognize those financial situations. So having this ARPA funding and, and the management coming through with the, with the county was, was really stellar. I mean, the county's always been great to us, so we're always <laughs> grateful for that, but especially at that time yeah. when it came through as some of our families, their household incomes had shifted. Right. You right. know, we weren't working as much or depending on where you were or we're on a temporary layoff until we understand what's going on. But, right. you know, unemployment and everything only goes so far. So as everybody tightened down, sadly enough, it's sort of the trend of our society. Like you start cutting out of the arts mm-hmm. because it isn't food and it isn't housing and which I completely understand, but that is always, it's always the battle. Yeah. And Again, when you start talking about kids programming, you know, if your mom and dad's like, well, I got to feed everybody. So I'm sorry, Scott, you, we can't afford to send you to this class. Maybe we can do it, you know, if, if your school still has it. But so we were really looking for those opportunities and that $25,000 made a huge difference. Uh, so you mentioned earlier partnerships with the school districts mm-hmm. here in the county, uh, but can you talk about how working with other organizations in the area has benefited the programs that you guys are currently working on? Sure. We... Obviously, as an arts organization, are always looking for opportunities to collaborate with those fellow artists, as well as other nonprofits and even other uh, corporate partnerships throughout the community. Mostly in the corporate world, it is obviously sponsorships for performances and and very generous foundations in the region and outside of the region we look to. Uh, but we're always looking for ways that we could collaborate in another venture. It's It's been a while since we've worked with some of the dance studios. Again, it's been interesting coming out of the pandemic and understanding what can work, what doesn't work. Maybe there's a pause for this, but uh, a number of conversations with how do we create things for those students? Where could we partner in with musicians to become our hit orchestras when we do musicals or to bring other youth musicians that would supplement or work with us in the summer to create the real the big vision for the the future is our summer program which is uh the musical theater intensive is a four-week intensive of classes in the morning rehearsals in the afternoon and then a production four Mm -hmm. weeks later uh we did our premiere this year with Titanic the Musical up at the Ant Center. We've collaborated with the Ant Center, which is a great story because David Siegel is that executive director and he's a graduate of the conservatory. So oh, that's we, awesome. Yeah, and uh, another great alumni is is Josh Franklin. He and his husband, John, own Icons. Mm. So he's been in and out. He's now our vice chair. So it's fun to see at that 30-year mark, you know, there are alumni that are old enough that right. have graduated <laughs> or now in those years. Um but, you know, trying to find uh, maybe some different collaborations with the Youth Symphony and things like that. Just mm-hmm. always on the lookout, understanding that everyone's got their programming and trying to find ways that, okay, for this four weeks, could we make it a little more community-wide? Yeah. I, I'm curious. Uh, we've talked pretty generally about students and about the mm-hmm. arts and things like that. But is there a personal story that you can share to help demonstrate the work that's done here at the conservatory? Sure. 
Uh, actually, we are using part of the letter in um, in a little bit of our marketing. It was it was that poignant and it was that touching. It it came from a student who is had received some scholarship funding from Harrison School District to to be part of the summer musical intensive. And I'm going to paraphrase here, but the in that letter of thank you and whenever there's you know, money specifically given to someone, we're always teaching or trying our best to teach students the art of thank you notes and uh, <laughs> expressing gratitude like this just didn't come like someone yeah. decided you now that's an ongoing it, battle i yeah. do that with my kids it's, See, you it's know tough. and it's funny you know i will tell you and i i'm of another generation i'm older than you but it's like yeah mom always did that at christmas and birthdays and we're like oh oh yeah but now people are like thanks for sending that or mm. especially in the electronic world where it's really easy to and that works as well but Every once in a while, someone's like, wow, that was a great note. Thanks. Like, yeah. you took the time to sit down and write it and put it in the mail. Yeah. And, but, um, but back to the, <laughs> the thank you note that was so beautiful. You know, just the expression of, I never thought I'd have this kind of opportunity. I was given a chance to grow. I discovered things about myself I didn't realize were there. I also learned to be a good teammate and how to really collaborate well. And the growth just in those four weeks were, were just astounding. And then really kind of closing, like I, I'm actually, I'm excited about what my future could be. You know, and that's really, that kind of summed it up right there. It's like, yes, we're about you coming in and feeling the support as well as understanding you're going to learn and we're going to teach. But taking that and realizing that it will help you grow. And if you can find the strength to allow that to happen, then you're going to discover things that you had no idea would bring you joy in a way that you will always, always remember. And you will always carry it with you. Again, back to the performing arts. Even if you don't end up in a professional career. Let's face it, most people don't. Right. <laughs> you yeah. know, the yeah. odds are, <laughs> right. you know, I think it's up there with professional athlete, maybe even less, mm -hmm. um, because the programs aren't structured, you know, with college athletics and such. But uh, you'll always remember those, those moments where someone took the time to train and took the time to explain and... I joked even when I got out of the world of, of dance and back into the corporate world. And I was, I was a hotel clerk in Las Vegas. Okay. Thousands of people. And <laughs> my gosh, I'm Siegfried and Roy days. That's when I was there. Um, <laughs> but it was fascinating to me because I realized it's like, yeah, we were the uh, performers, the original multitaskers. Yeah. I'm singing, I'm carrying a tune. I'm remembering these words. If I'm in a production or, or some sort of dance piece, I'm remembering choreography. I'm remembering my relationship to you on the stage, mm -hmm. my space on the stage. So right there. And then if you're, uh, again, back to classical ballet, they're very specific positions. So, okay, two arms, two legs, a body, a head. There are <laughs> six things that, that are going to change on every beat. Yeah. And, and typically in that realm, and a lot of times, you know, things are thrown at you fast. Mm -hmm. And as you, and your daily class is never the same. So it's like, okay, you're always just taught to be aware, to be observant and to be ready and to be willing to try something different because it'll translate into uh, 
I became the person at both hotels that were like, oh, we need someone to do this. And so if you're used to covering parts or having to learn things quickly or you're willing to jump in yeah. and put your hand up and say, sure, I'll give it a shot because right. what's there to lose? Right, exactly. You know, it, but that comes from having that experience of being, okay, I've been thrown other things and I can figure this one out too. And that can become great personal credentials. Yeah. When they're like, oh, if we need something done and we're not quite sure it needs to be figured out, we can give it to Scott or we can give it to Bob because mm -hmm. that's just what they, they may not know that you've had that kind of training, right. but you know, there's the, always the whole music math connection Yeah, because music is math. Yeah. You know, if you're really getting into theory and how it's written and how you want to phrase things, it's all about numbers and accents. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. no, the, yeah, I, I completely agree. And nowhere near the professional ballet experience that oh. you have had. But uh, I, a little bit about me, uh, in high school, I was part of the marching band. Sure. And uh, you want to talk about trying oh. to get a teenager <laughs> to multitask. Uh, me, I, I, I was in the drum line, so I played a, I played a bass drum. It came out in front of me. And yeah. like trying to avoid the other mm -hmm. you know, 300 students on this football field as we're moving around different formations and trying to, as you had choreography, keep, keep tempo, yes. right? We're trying to keep tempo mm -hmm. for everyone and, you know, working with the uh, con uh, conductor and uh, uh, just trying to make all that work in my, hey, in my head as a high school kid, that seemed like the apex of multitasking. <laughs> but it, 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 especially because if you're trying to keep percussion for everybody else, but at the same point, you've got to know when to move for formation. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, wait, which count was that? Was that for the music or was that for me? And yeah. I, I, I honestly, I still can't believe that I was able to remember like every step of a 20 minute performance. Yeah, be, again, I mean, you're going around a, a hundred yards long, uh, what, 20 eight yards wide about mm -hmm. um, and just, you know, every, every beat you're moving to a different part of the field. And um, I, I honestly can't believe that high school students could do that. It's amazing. But, it's but amazing. Um, I, I think to your point, the, uh, I think the inherent understanding of like the human brain to connect music to something like math that's like you know this is something that just exists and you know it exists in certain ways because that's like almost like not to get like too philosophical but almost like nature of the universe stuff type mm -hmm. right and like it's how our brains just naturally understand things so being able to kind of flow in formations and being able to uh even even something like keeping a tempo right keep keeping the beat um, I think just speaks to that part of our brain that's like, yes, order. We, we need that order. We want that flow and uh, that exists. So, um, again, not a professional ballet no, dancer no, by, any, by any stretch of the no. imagination. But uh, it, it is it is something that I always look back on. And I, I, this also speaks to a point you made earlier. I can very easily remember very specific moments of those types of performances right. and, and those types of moments. Yeah, you ask me about any other high school, even college experience. And it's hard for me to identify specific things because in my brain, they're not connected to something significant. But anytime I was doing a, it was a performance or anytime it was something uh, connected to uh, even, even something like a presentation, sure. right? That's still performance mm -hmm. of a type. And those are the things uh, that really made an impact and are, you know, easy for me to look back and remember. It's like, Hey, like that was an impactful part of life. Yeah. Um, 
So no, I, I, I really appreciate, I really appreciate everything that's been said so far. Um, we've mentioned a, a number of the programs that mm-hmm. exist here in the conservatory. I was just wondering if there were any other programs uh, that you haven't mentioned yet that uh, would be important for listeners to know about. You know, it's, it's a broad spectrum that we have here. So I think it, there all sorts of opportunities uh, within even more school districts, I think would, it's always something we're looking to help support again, being talking about partnership with the community and recognizing that, okay, as challenging as it's been in the last year or so, I think most nonprofits will tell you it was, it was a tough year mm-hmm. oh, yeah. just with stock market changes and companies resizing and okay, we've merged, we've got a new focus. It's all part of what you deal with all the time. Uh, but then to be able to support those schools as they're looking at limiting funding as well and, and maybe needing to reorganize, uh, I'll just reiterate, you know, there's there's so many opportunities. It's a place of discovery. But I think one of the things that people don't really know or we maybe have not done a good enough job with it is, is the, the positive note program. I mean, those are for kids and young adults with, with learning challenges. And we've had great success with just finding ways to let those students open up and communicate and find that joy of of expressing or finding that there aren't limits when mm-hmm. they thought maybe there were yeah you know and I think that's always the challenge where you have this in many things in life there's a preconceived notion that I must have x to do y and well maybe but okay if you're five one and you tell me you want to be a center in the nba i'll say no (laughs) you're right but it doesn't mean you can't love basketball right just like it does i'm not going to be like my piano skills are horrible i work (laughs) in a conservatory i'm like no i came through dance all right like my mom would be ashamed because she was a great (laughs) musician and organist but she recognized later that's like oh you needed to move to music now i get it um but yeah, it's like, hey, but it doesn't mean you can't enjoy it. It's like right. you might not be that professional dancer in any realm, but it doesn't mean you can't enjoy it. And right. what it does is it really just builds the awareness of the importance of you become that great patron, that great supporter. You recognize that it's just, it's what makes a great community great, mm-hmm. you know? And again, our community leaders who are out promoting the city will tell you the same thing. Great schools, great communities, great arts, great sports. Yeah. You know, that's what we all want. And yeah, but so many things to, to offer (laughs) and to just to be available to the community on any number of fronts. Very good. Uh, So if someone is interested in attending the Mm -hmm. conservatory, uh, how can they learn more about doing that? The quickest way to get a good overview really is, is at our website under the programs tabs, but that is at Colorado Springs conservatory.org. It will give you, a list of the various classes we have, the various levels that were, you know, from uh, early childhood to exploratory to foundational to preparatory. There are also links there to uh, calendars of events. So, for instance, our holiday extravagance comes up uh, December 16th. So, gosh, in a month. <laughs> uh, it's going to, I know everyone's <laughs> like, oh my gosh, it's almost Thanksgiving and all the holiday stuff's kicking off. So, uh, you know, we really recognize that we're a performing arts organization and we need to be out there performing. So we have over between things being presented here at the conservatory itself at 415 Sawatch in our spaces here, uh, spaces up at the end center. 
and around town. Uh, we were summertime, three or four concerts in Bancroft Park. Uh, we do over 20, 20 specific performances with showcases, you know, and that's in you know, we, we take five or six. So that's like in 40 weeks throughout Jeez. the year. So, uh, for instance, there's a Friday night recital coming up this week. Uh, jazz night was a couple, was two months ago. Singer songwriter night was just two weeks ago. We've got a, a theater presentation coming up in February. Uh, we've got, uh, some performances coming up at the wines festival of Colorado Springs, which is our biggest fundraiser. That's always a fun thing that comes up in March. So you, yeah, you the calendar's behind us. You can see it. It's got lots of blue <laughs> on it and it's already up to August of 2024. So <laughs> that's just how we go. <laughs> that's good to have things planned. Yeah. Yeah. Future, it's right? kind of important. Yeah. Uh, so if people want to get, uh, you know, maybe it's not attending the conservatory, yep. but you know, maybe they have a passion for the arts mm-hmm. uh, and they want to get involved and, and help yeah. out. Are there opportunities for them to be able to do that? There are some part of, we're a little trickier because we have to be very specific with students mm-hmm. and how uh, there are interactions there. But we certainly always welcome volunteers when we come to big events like the wine festival and we need help with registrations and so forth there, as well as in some cases with the larger performances, you know, there's just a lot of people to coordinate and manage as we are in guest venues. So there's, there are possibilities and opportunities there, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, I mean, if people want to reach out to that, they can again, look at the website. There is a general email address or they can call the conservatory at 719-577-4556. And we've, if we're not here, there's a great, a great answering uh, system and we'll get back <laughs> to, you, you know, it's like, I must said machine. That's not that anymore. It's all IP and <laughs> voiceover and, Gotta love voicemail to email. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we're always happy to find connections and great to know when people are just curious or even if they just want to come in and, and you know, want to know more about, gee, there's a Friday recital. Is that open to the public? It's like, yes, it doesn't, not just for moms and dads. And, yeah. you know, you, especially those that want to see what younger kids are doing. I mean, those recitals are those opportunities. Again, for that confidence building. And, yeah. hi, my name's Scott and here's what I've been working on and I'm going to share this with you. Thank you. And, It'll be what it'll be in that moment. <laughs> and from there we learn. Yeah. And, you know, it's, you know, it is the realization that, oh, maybe I should have practiced more or, okay, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And I right. kind of psyched myself out, but then I psyched <laughs> myself back in. And it's, the, it's you know, we, we do it for the rest of our lives. So you might as well learn early. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, so uh, coming to the close of the conversation here, I was just wondering if there's anything else uh, that we haven't had a chance to talk about yet that you think would be really important for uh, listeners to know about or to leave them with. Sure. You know, I will just circle back to the importance of the arts in, in our lives. Uh, I think we talked about it earlier that it often becomes the first thing that gets cut. Uh, and understandably, if it, it's not necessarily a considered a, well, we would consider it a basic human need, but <laughs> right, in, in right. broader pictures, we understand food, shelter, clothing, warmth, things like that. Um, but, and even though it's not October anymore and October is arts month, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the community, the, uh, copper does a great job promoting that. And, you know, Angela and her team do a great job. It's like, we're, we're now in the holiday season. So go support those people that are performing at the Pike Speak Center or at the Fine Arts Center or at the End Center or at small community churches or different organizations, part of the beauty of the arts is they're typically associated with moments 
of great human emotion. Sometimes that's sadness, but for the most part, it's usually a moment of celebration. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're coming into a joyous season. You know, just just tap into that and and celebrate and particularly if it's organizations that are presenting things that include youth, then just go and support them because mm-hmm. more than ever, anything that this generation, you know, the generation that's coming through two and a half really tough years with a pandemic and understanding and other statistics that we're hearing uh, that's happening and with young adults and kids even younger, it's heartbreaking. And so if there's a way to encourage and support, then please go do it. And yes, you can always help financially in any <laughs> nonprofit throughout the community. It, it, it was a tough year, I think, talking with a lot of colleagues, but there are so many people doing so much good work in our community. And, you know, just a, another shout out to the to the county for wherever they can. They're always looking for ways to support within the community to make us a better place. So thanks. Awesome. Uh, well, thank you, Scott. I appreciate you uh, taking the time to speak with me today and for all the work uh, that you guys do here at the Colorado Springs Conservatory. So thanks for having me. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Scott. If you're interested in listening to additional episodes of Beyond the Dais, be sure to look for us on Podbean or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. 